wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Will Moala, the pastor of the Paravista and the Gaula Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. And we thank you for tuning in today, wherever you may be in this beautiful country of ours. This week's theme, we are kicking off a brand new theme this week here on Drive Time. And our theme for today that we're going to kick off and for the rest of the week is Prophecy, the Bible and Nostradamus. And today, uh, my co-host and I, we are going to be looking at the question, should I or should we trust Nostradamus? And so uh, in the studio with me to unpack this theme and this question today is my co-host, Pastor Ricardo Schiffer. Uh, for those new to our program, Pastor uh, Ricardo is the pastor of the Elizabeth and Prospect International uh, Adventist Churches in South Australia. Pastor Ricardo, good to have you in the studio once again. Good to be here once again. Thank you. Pastor Will. Yeah, so um, looking forward to unpacking this uh, this theme, this idea of prophecy, the Bible, and Nostradamus. And, you know, I was just thinking before we went on live, um, Pastor Ricardo, is prophecy is um, something that I didn't under, I didn't necessarily study, and I was part of a, a Christian uh, faith denomination in my early teens, and um it wasn't something that we really heard a, a whole lot about in, in that particular church I was attending. And, um, but now, you know, I've come to, yeah, really understand, I guess, and I say that humbly, but to, to read the books of Daniel and Revelation as, as you would have, have, uh, Pastor Ricardo and, you know, to go in and study formally to really get into the, um, the real meat of, of these prophetic books. It just gives me so much, uh, appreciation for scripture and gives me a better sense of of the world in which I am living, and so mm-hmm. I, I love anything to do with prophecy and and the Bible, and that's why we're here on our show today because we want to share the good news uh, with our listeners uh, today. And so today, uh, Pastor Ricardo, we're going to be looking um, at this topic: prophecy, the Bible. And Nostradamus, and so yeah, really looking forward to um, hearing uh, what you're going to share with our listeners out there today, and um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Um, so, Pastor Cody, so by the way, just want to how you been? <laughs> I've been doing all the talking in the opening couple of minutes. Very but. good, very happy, quite busy this week. We started a uh, ten days of prayer at uh, both of my churches, yes, face to face. Some basically alternating between the two, yeah. But it's been a real blessing so far. Yeah, you were telling me just um, just before we went on air about yeah. um, both of your churches, how yes. there's been such a great attendance, which yes. is fantastic. It warms my heart and it warms us as, as pastors when our churches get together mm-hmm. and um, to pray. Yes, and I can start yeah. to see the revival and Amen to that. The, in the faces of the yeah. people. And, yeah. Yeah, we're doing that currently as well at Paravista and Gawler Church. We're doing it on Zoom at Gawler Church, and then we're also mm-hmm. we're, we're meeting live, uh, well, live. <laughs> we're even we're meeting face to face over at Paravista. So, so um, and just to kind of share with our listeners, um, it's something. It's basically um, within the Adventist churches across Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, this this season uh, f- starting on the weekend on February eighteen through to uh, the twenty seventh, the following Monday. Um, churches are encouraged to come together and pray. And I was sharing with my group, uh, Pastor Ricardo, is um, 
you know, we're talking about um, the idea of uh, Abraham. Wherever he went, he built an altar, remembering who God is and discussing that. And it's good to, to kind of chat with your fellow church members, your fellow church family, because as you would know, Pastor, you know, uh, when we have our churches on a on a Sabbath morning and it's very busy and you, you get to... Um, you know, it, it's it's a lot of people and a lot of people you're you're meeting and mingling with. So it's good because uh, the one church we're at, uh, at the Gawler Church, we're we're doing it online on Zoom, and um, just to kind of start. So we're doing that in the morning with our, our Gawler Church folks, and then um, doing that in the evenings at Para Vista. But mm-hmm. um, but I have been encouraged, no doubt, about uh, with you seeing the church field mm-hmm. uh, for for prayer meeting, which is yes. fantastic. That is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And I, I believe uh, Jesus said, my house should be called a, ca- a house of prayer. House of prayer. So we yeah. need to pray more. Yeah. Praise God. Praise yes. God. So uh, let's let's get into our, our World Watch segment, uh, Pastor Ricardo. And so for our World Watch segment, this is a time where we share an article and we share a bit of the news, what's going around. The, I wanted to use this article today, Pastor Ricardo, which is in line with our, our theme this week, talking about prophecy and Nostradamus and and uh, should we actually trust Nostradamus? I've got an article um, off the, the Guardian.com uh, website, and it's an article entitled The Big Idea, Can You Learn to Predict the Future? And the subheading here is Put Any Biases Aside and You Might Just Become, which was an interesting, You Might Just Become a Quote Super forecaster. Now, mm. I probably could bet, probably, Pastor Ricardo, you probably haven't heard that term before. A uh, mm. super forecaster. I haven't heard that, yeah. that before. No, I hadn't heard of it until I, <laughs> until I read the article. But um, it's an interesting article, but let me read maybe the opening lines here, which I think he, he's got a line here ref- referring to Scripture. He says, um, and it's written by, um, it was written in September 22 by a fellow by the name of Sam Glover. He begins the article by saying, from Nostradamus to Paul the psychic octopus hmm. who supposedly foresaw the results of World Cup matches. Did you remember that, Ricardo, when doing the World Cup just, um, was it last year or I think it was 22? Yeah, I think it was just, or was it yeah, it was 22. Or the lead up to it, I don't know if you'd seen the news, but there was an actual octopus and Apparently, he was in this tank of some sort. I, I can't remember which country this octopus was residing <laughs> or is. I think the octopus is still alive. But but apparently, they would... No, I, I, I remember watching it on, on the news and he kind of wrapped his tentacles around, I don't know, it was a box or something and uh-huh. unearthed a, a team and, and the team won. And so, they're like, look at the octopus. He, he can predict who's going to win the World Cup. And I think he, I think he got a couple of these things right. And, you know, obviously it was a bit of a spectacle. It was a, it was a good news story. Um, so that's what this article is referring mm, to. Paul probably. the Psychic Octopus. He was possessed, maybe. <laughs> he was possessed. <laughs> so here we go. So he, the article begins saying, From Nostradamus to Paul the Psychic mm. Octopus, who supposedly foresaw the results of World Cup matches, there has been no shortage of people who argue they or their animals are able to predict the future. In most cases, it's easy to dismiss such claims, be they incredibly vague, biblical-sounding prophecies, then he has in brackets, as with Nostradamus, Mm -hmm. or slippery coincidences, as with Paul. Now, 
there's a bit more going on, but I just wanted to highlight the bit at the beginning. You know, this guy, um, Mr. Glover, Sam Glover, he says, he says that, um, in most cases, it's easy to, to dismiss such claims, be they incredibly vague, comma, biblical sounding prophecies. And, you know, mm. uh, Pastor Ricardo, I was kind of reading that and I said, okay, so this person's worldview, this Mr. Sam Glover is saying that somehow the, the Bible is, has some very vague, uh, you know, prophecies, and uh, he's basically lumping the Bible with Nostradamus. Yeah, he's, he's offering something better, yeah, according to him. And so, at least in him, he's well. I, I actually read it like he's he's throwing, he's putting the Bible and Nostradamus in the same box kind of thing, like categorizing it. As, it's all the same thing, you know. Whether it's Nostradamus or the Bible, you can't really depend on it. It's not really valid and all that type of stuff, but. You and I know, uh, Pastor Ricardo, the Bible actually is not vague mm. because it's actually, and here's the big idea that we're wanting to, uh, I guess, uh, maybe communicate in our program today is that as we're going to look at today, the Bible is actually both um, reliable and it's specific as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're going to unpack that today and with our fellow presenters uh, for the rest of the week. But um, just... If you read the article, this uh, Sam Glover, he talks about these people, what he terms, um, well, not him. It was actually, it's actually a term out there called super forecasters. Super forecasters. Super forecasters. That, that raises a red flag for me, uh, that term, you know, and there, there is a common denominator among all yeah. those uh, false prophets, and that is that they want to bring all glory to themselves. Yeah. You see, they prophesy and they claim that. They can do it, and they want people to look at them and to see what they're able to do. Whereas Bible prophecy, the prophets in the Bible, it was all about God. Yeah. Hey, let me let me just interject here, uh, Ricardo, because I want to uh, share with our listeners um, today as well. They might be going, well, what on earth is this super forecast of business? Well, let me read a few lines from this, and then I'll mm. throw back to you to see what you're, what you're thinking about it. He says here in the article, um, as I... He says here, in the mid-1980s, political scientist Philip Tetlock decided to put experts' predictions to the test. He recruited hundreds of academics and pundits who spent their lives thinking about politics and signed them up to what he called forecasting tournaments. Never heard of this before until I'm reading this very article. And the article goes on to say, they turned their minds to questions such as how long the Soviet Union might last or who would win the next presidential election estimating the probability of each outcome. For example, someone might say that there was a 30% chance that the Soviet Union would collapse before 1990. Over time, these forecasts were tested against reality to see exactly how accurate they were. And it turned out the experts just weren't that good at anticipating events. Many of them performed about as well as someone guessing completely randomly. A few managed to beat the metaphorical dart-throwing chimp, albeit only by a small margin. And uh, I'll just read just a little bit more because he, he, he ends on this thought. He said, crucially, it wasn't just experts that Tetlock signed up to the forecasting tournaments. He also placed adverts aimed simply at curious individuals interested in predicting the future. In the first year, 3,200 people signed up. After the tournament had been running for a while, he implemented an algorithm designed to give the predictions of the most accurate forecasters extra weight. He also, quote, extreme, ex, how do I spell it? Ext, 
extremized, extremized, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> he extremized, end of quote, the forecast, pushing the probabilities assigned closer to 100% or 0%. Helped by the ag- algorithm, the ordinary people who replied to adverts ended up producing better forecasts than intelligence, al- intelligence analysts who had access to classified information and much better ones than academics and political pundits. The individuals with the best track, track records were anointed, quote, super forecasters, and they continued to trounce others involved in the, compli- in the competition. And so basically, if you read a little bit further, Ricardo, I guess his subheading is kind of the, the big idea. He says, put any biases aside, you might just become a super forecaster. So he kind of mm. uses a bit of this, you know, this data from the 80s mm. and kind of says, well, if you don't really have all this background information, well, his article is suggesting that allegedly that may be a better prediction than someone with all of this data and this information and whatnot. So, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of an interesting article there. But um, so I think what I learned out of this, never heard of this idea of forecasting tournaments. I've never heard of this idea of a super forecaster. But, but what can you share, Ricardo, because you're talking about um, as it relates to the Bible, yes. Um, well, um, we, we don't see super forecasters, uh-huh. I guess, in Scripture. Or no, no, no. That's it's quite totally a different out of Scripture. That, yeah. That's to me what I just heard. It's just a show. Imagine if all the prophets in the Bible got together, yeah, and they would do like a contest to see who's the better prophet, who's more accurate yeah, than the other. I like it. So it's it would be all about themselves, right? And it defeats the purpose because the prophecy is about hearing the word of God through. A human being, you know. Yeah, we are interested in knowing about God, not about knowing about the human element. That is what um, makes the Bible prophecy and prophets different from all other false false yeah. prophets. Yeah, one of the many things yeah. that make them different. I like different. that idea of all the prophets kind of coming around. <laughs> Sometime a competition. You got Elijah, and you got you know Ezekiel. I mean, uh, if they all lived in the same time period, but. But um, so what we're going to do is we're really going to unpack what makes the Bible different. And I think what I want our listeners to kind of catch today, um, uh, Pastor Ricardo, is, is the Bible is not on the same level of vagueness as this article would suggest than Nostradamus. Yeah, he may have thrown out, you know, a plethora of predictions, and he, you know, and maybe one of them stuck. Exactly. And so we, and so some would say, "Well, there he is. He's a prophet. We can trust him." But the Bible is not like that. It's it's actually reliable, and in some, uh, in in many instances, it's it's very specific. And I think that's what separates the Bible from these so-called um, psychics and people who claim to predict the future. You know, we don't, as Christians, we don't place our faith in an octopus or any animal or whatnot. We, we base it on, on God's revelation as revealed in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to hearing more from you um, just in a little bit, um, Pastor Ricardo. We're going to just uh, turn our attention now to our uh, book offer. We want to give uh, you, our listeners, uh, the opportunity to get a free book as we do all the time on our program. Our book offer for today and the rest of the this week is in line with our theme on Bible prophecy. It's a book entitled The Four Winds of Revelation by Pastor uh, and Evangelist. His name is Kenneth Cox. And uh, 
I've listened to his messages um, many times, Pastor Carter, and as I'm sure you have, and he's, mm-hmm. he, he, he is um, a Bible-based preacher and he, he presents the, the biblical prophecies and he points it to the person of Jesus. And so, hey, if you're listening today and, and you want to kind of learn more about this topic we're studying today and the rest of the week, why don't you text the code word here in the studio to uh, text the code SA104 to our number in the studio, 04888 And uh, our friendly bot will get in, respond to your texts, get your details, and we'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. So once again, our free book offer for today, if you'd like a free copy of the book, The Four Winds of Revelation by Kenneth Cox. And the book really talks uh, going into the, the book of Revelation. And... Um, just saying here, it says that more than 2,000 years ago, the Bible predicted that all of the things that we're seeing in our world, natural disasters, flooding, fires, drought, tornadoes, and more, and uh, the Bible actually has a lot to say about this. And so if you'd like to get your hands on a free copy, please text us, uh, text the code SA104 to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and follow the prompts from our friendly bot and um, we'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. So please don't go away. We're going to some music. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. Alas, and did my Savior bleed? Did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for someone such as I? At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light The burden of my heart rolled away And it was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day Was it for Christ that I have done? 
Rebels at the cross by Anna Weatherup. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with myself, Pastor Will Mawala, and my co-host, Pastor Ricardo Sheffer. Pastor Ricardo is a pastor of the Prospect International SDA Church and also the Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. So if you just tuned in, we are kicking off our brand new theme for this week, Prophecy, the Bible, and Nostradamus. And uh, today we're going to be looking at the question, should I or should we trust Nostradamus? So Pastor Ricardo, um, walk us through this idea of um, prophecy, the Bible, as a, and I guess the person in particular we're kind of using as a segue into our topic is the Nostradamus. Mm-hmm. So should our listeners trust in this person called Nostradamus? And how does that relate to the Bible? Mm-hmm. So allow me to start with um, a Bible verse, Isaiah 46, 9 to 10, because I want to um, start with this statement, right? It says in the words of God, Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. He's very exclusive when it comes to this. Yeah. And then he says, I, and this is the reason why he's exclusive or there's unlike any other. He says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. Right. The only one who knows the future is God. That, that's what he claims in the Bible. Yeah. There's no other like him. Yep. So that means that the only ones, now I'm talking about human beings, who can tell the future are the prophets of God, yeah, because otherwise they, they don't know the future unless they're connected with God. So if someone comes independently and says, I'm a prophet, but not of God, I, I'm a prophet of my own wisdom, yeah, that is not, according to God himself, not true. Yeah. Okay? So I wanted to start with that. And I, I read a, an interesting article by Christopher Peterson called The End of Bible Prophecy. And that's a question there. Um and I, and I think it was really, really interesting. I'm, I'm going to make a few comments uh, from what I read. Um, so, amazing stories about predictions from Nostradamus, as you were mentioning, Pastor uh, Will, um, have been heard, first in France and then the rest of the world. Now, these stories of his fulfilled predictions have caused people to struggle as they decide, you know, whether to, you know, to believe or not, you know, to believe this controversial man. They don't know if he's a magician or a fake or probably a true prophet. Yeah. So amongst such skeptics was an elderly nobleman who wished to test the claims made about this strange seer, yeah. you know, Nostradamus. The story tells that this nobleman arrived at the home of Nostradamus carrying two pigs in his arms, one black and one white. The nobleman inquired of the seer, Which of these pigs will I eat first? Nostradamus replied, The white one. The skeptic laughed as he had so easily proven Nostradamus wrong. So he thought. So the nobleman returned home and ordered his cook to prepare the black pig, uh, the pig for, for his meal. Within the hour, the nobleman could smell the aroma of roast pork being brought to the table and he began to eat his meal. As the nobleman devoured his victory, his cook stammered a few words that caused him to lose his appetite. He said, I'm sorry, sir, but the black pig was stolen by a wolf. 
So I had to cook the white one. Mm. <laughs> you know, right. Nostradamus can be a seemingly difficult individual for Christians to discuss. I yep. know some Christians don't know what to say when confronted with some of the fulfilled predictions of Nostradamus. So, um, Nostradamus had supposedly predicted the spread of the bubonic plague, uh, the growth of Protestantism, the death of Henry II of France, the birth of the Russian Revolution, as well as other events in history. Yeah. You know? However, if we do some biblical research, Nostradamus and his writings fall short of God's inspired word. Yeah. They have nothing to do with God. Um, to begin with, the writings of Nostradamus are written in a cryptic style. Yeah. So they are very vague. For example, look at the following prediction. As I'm going to read it, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. So it says, The bold and shameless great talker will be chosen as head of the army. The audacity of his contention, the broken bridge, the city faint with dread. What is he talking about? He could be talking about many things. Yeah. You know? So this prediction, as expected, has commonly been attributed to the actions of Oliver Cromwell during the English Revolutionary period. However, the language is so vague, as I was mentioning before, that many scholars have also attributed this prediction, the same prediction, to Leon Trotsky uh, during the Kronstadt re uh, Rebellion in 1921. Right. Because it's so vague that it can apply to almost, you know, anything. Another example the death of Henry II of France in 1559 was supposedly predicted by Nostradamus as follows. So the passage exactly reads as this. The young lion will overcome the older one. In a field of combat in single fight, he will pierce his eyes in their golden cage, two wounds in one, then he dies, then he dies a cruel death. So... You know, his predictions are so vague that they can have several meanings. Yeah. And so, so it happens that the death of Henry II had some similarities with these phrases, and so people can apply it to that event. Um, but um, this is not the case with the Bible, of course. Yeah. So what is the immediate problem with the predictions of Nostradamus? Nostradamus offers no clear date or time when this or that event will occur or any historical timeline or context for which to expect these events. This is what skeptics refer to as retroactive clairvoyance, in which hindsight bias causes the interpreter to match Nostradamus's vague predictions with different significant events. Now, this would, of course, disqualify the proposed prediction as a prediction, if it can only be identified after the event. Right. You know, that would not be a prediction. It's but very, it's very yes. similar. Sorry to interrupt there. Ricardo, no, 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 anytime. It sounds very similar to um, when you read the Old Testament book of Daniel. Um, because the, you know, there's a very prophetic book in, you know, Daniel chapter 2. Mm. It outlines the, the empires of the world, Babylon, Medo, Persia, Greece, mm. and, and Rome. And I, I remember reading an article that there's some uh, scholars that try to, Put the dating of that book in the mm -hmm. 
you know, second century BC or something like that after the events had taken place because it had, because it was so, it was so accurate that they said it couldn't be, it could not be any other way. Um, whereas we know that, um, you know, when you look at the dating of, of the, the rule of Babylon, you know, in the sixth century BC, 586, mm-hmm. um, uh, BC. So yeah, when you were talking there, it reminded mm-hmm. me of some scholars and some skeptics that try to discredit the dating mm-hmm. of some Bible books because of its accuracy. Exactly. And so you either, it's either divinely inspired as you read, you know, Isaiah 46 that it's God mm-hmm. that predicts. So Daniel would put him as a, in the category of a prophet because mm-hmm. God gave those revelations to Daniel. Mm-hmm. And so you got some people say, well, how do we reconcile this? <laughs> it can only be that it happened and then someone's, you know, looking back, you know, centuries later and then writing the history down. Whereas, no, it was, it was actually written in the time of Daniel during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar and these, in the, these big empires. Mm-hmm. And that just, that to me is what makes the Bible exciting. If yes, you try and yes, dumb it, not, I wouldn't say the word dumb it, but if you take out the divine, uh, the, as the Bible claims, it's, uh, it's written by, you know, it's God that inspired the biblical mm. writers. That's what makes the Bible so um, so unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to you. Mm. Yeah, no, and, and thanks God we have archaeology to prove those claims wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, unlike the prophecies or predictions of Nostradamus, the Bible, on the other hand, offers specific dating and historical timeline in the prophecies found. In both Daniel and Revelation, as you were mentioning, so those books, where God reveals history in a sequential order until his second coming and also beyond that, not allowing any room for what we call the retroactive clairvoyance. Right. See, it's obvious that he knew it from the beginning. Also, the predictions in the Bible are not given simply to prove that God knows the future. They have a specific purpose, unlike Nostradamus' predictions. If you notice that, the predictions of these so-called prophets are only meant to, to bring gr- glory to themselves, yeah, not to God. That's correct. The only thing that you are left with when you read those prophecies, so-called prophecies, is, oh, wow, he's so clever. He can predict the future. But yeah. when you read the Bible prophecy, your eyes, your, your, your mind is, is you know, focusing on God, yeah. not on the prophets. That is a big, that's a big difference. So, um, also, the predictions in the Bible are not uh, like any other, yeah. uh, because the author of those prophecies are not humans. The authors are not human. Yeah. The author is God himself. Now, Nostradamus also used symbols, metho- metaphors, and imagery in his predictions that we may think they are vague sometimes, but this doesn't make predictions fake. Remember that several prophecies in the Bible use similar, similar um, writing styles. You know, they use yeah. symbols and, and metaphors. However, these styles or methods are only useful when a clear code is given in order to understand or interpret each symbol or image, which Nostradamus doesn't do. Right. And this is exactly what the Bible provides, a code to unlock prophecy, which is in the Bible itself. So um, God tells us in Isaiah 28 to study the Bible line upon line, precept Precept upon precept. To interpret its meaning. And Second Peter 1.20 says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. See? 
unlike Nostradamus, he's a private interpreter yeah. or prophet. For prophecy, says here in the Bible, never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy, holy Spirit. Spirit. So in Bible prophecy, prophets are just an instrument. And God is the one who knows the future. Right. False prophets, they claim to know the future themselves. Um, well, there's other type of prophets, false prophets as well. They claim to receive information from God when they are not. But we're going to talk about that. Um, so in other words, the Bible interprets itself for the glory of God, not of human beings. So since the predictions of Nostradamus are written cryptically and with no objective code to decipher them, his predictions fail to achieve the biblical classification of authentic prophecy. And there are several interpretations to each of his predictions, and none can be objectively claimed as correct. Um, Deuteronomy 18.22 says, When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen to come to pass, uh, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken, the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So, friends, don't be afraid or moved or confused by such so-called predictions of Nostradamus. Um, finally, uh, as the article says, the one that I, I was referring to, despite the vague and cryptic nature of Nostradamus's predictions, supporters still fervently believe that these predictions were fulfilled. And some of their arguments even seem compelling and viable. Even if it were possible... Okay, to prove that Nostradamus's predictions were correct, it should never come as a surprise or confuse us as Christians. Right. And see what it says in Deuteronomy thirteen one to four: If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, huh? of which he spoke to you, saying. Let us go after other gods which you have not known and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your yeah. soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him alone and keep his commandments and obey his voice only. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. See, even if the prophecy of this Nostradamus or any other right. is fulfilled, if the message is against the message of the Bible, don't follow. Yeah. Right? Very important. So, fulfilled prophecy is not a, a proof that the prophecy comes from God by itself. So, both Jesus and the apostles spoke regularly about the abilities of false prophets who during the end times, would be able to perform miracles and wonders, leading people away from God. So we should be aware of that. They, they will have certain mm. power to, to deceive. Matthew 7, uh, 15 says, for example, in the words of Jesus, beware of false prophets right. who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Second Peter 2, 1, now the verse says, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false prophets and uh, teachers, sorry, among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, who bought them, sorry, and and bring on themselves swift destruction. Again, going back to Jesus, Matthew twenty four twenty four, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show 
great yeah. signs. So we should not be surprised of great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. And in Revelation 13, 13, one more verse. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of man. Yeah. You know, wow. you were yeah. just talking about that false mm. prophets, Ricardo, and I was, I was thinking about this. Um, it came on, um, on Channel 7 or Current Affair, like one of our TV programs uh, a f- few years ago. Um, there's a fella in, I don't know if you saw the article or the, the news piece. He's basically this guy in Queensland, and he claims to be Jesus. And so he's on national TV, Pastor Ricardo, Mm. and he's saying that he is Christ. And they even perform miracles. Yeah, and they perform miracles. And so he claims he he has a ministry called Divine Truth, and it's Mm. based somewhere in Queensland. And he's in... And he claims that he is claims to be the reincarnation of Jesus, mm-hmm. and his partner um, actually um, claims to be the reincarnation of Mary Magdalene. So, mm-hmm. if you're listening out there and you think, "Oh, wow, this is just really theoretical type of uh, presentation today," no, there are actually people mm-hmm. who, I guess, in reference to your text, um, Pastor Ricardo. There are some who claim to be Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a guy right now um, claims to be the risen Christ, uh, reincarnated Christ. And I think what's even more alarming, Pastor Ricardo, is there are people following him. Exactly. And, and following her and, and uh, being deceived by his by the things that he's perpetrating and he's, he's mm-hmm. advocating in his messages. So, so this is something that's mm-hmm. not just something that, you know, Jesus spoke broadly. Like he knew that in the last days or in just before his soon return that will, there will be a, a rise in this type of thing. Exactly. And that's why I would encourage our listeners to read their Bibles for themselves because uh, we're, we – we, we notice that even according to the Bible, according to God himself, even if the prophecy is fulfilled, yeah. if the message of that prophet is against the Bible, don't follow that prophet. Yeah. But how do we know if the message is against the Bible if we don't read the Bible? Yeah. That's why we need to read our Bibles for ourselves. Yeah. So throughout history, Satan has deceived millions of people with false teachings, people who don't read their Bibles. It should not surprise us that Satan would also use false prophets to counteract the true ones. Now, we cannot say for sure that Nostradamus was aided by demonic spirits, as this is impossible to know with certainty. Okay, I may, I may have my personal opinion on that, but I cannot assure, uh, you know, with certainty. Uh, but Nostradamus's involvement with the occult and astrology should be reason enough for us to know that his predictions are not godly and his methods of divination clearly contradict biblical methods or standards. God commands us to stay away from those things and those who practice those arts of the occult. In Deuteronomy 18, 9-12, very clearly, God mentions a list of practices and he tells us to stay away from that. When you come into the land which the Lord God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations, said God to the Israelites. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through fire, or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, 
or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. Right. Very clear. Nostradamus' false predictions should serve as a reminder to Christians that Satan will deceive as many as possible. And as we get closer to the second coming of Jesus, we should be very vigilant to avoid falling into his snares. So regardless of um, whether Nostradamus was a magician, a fake, or a tool of the devil directly, his predictions fall short of the high biblical standard. On the other hand, the predictions uh, in the word of God have never failed or been proven wrong. Christians can rest assured that there is no better foundation on which to base their beliefs than the Word of God. Amen. I love how you're bringing the Bible into it as the the basis by which we can, you know, look at the the world around us in in light of Bible prophecy. And so, Pastor Ricardo, I love uh, love this conversation we're having right now. We need to take a, a quick break, and then we'll come back for our last segment. And uh, before we go to our break, I just want to. Um, uh, promote our free book offer just once again uh, in our show today. If you'd like our free book offer for, for today and for the rest of the week, it's uh, the the book we're giving away is the book called The Four Winds of Heaven by Evangelist uh, Kenneth Cox. And so um, if you'd like this great little um, book here that in that unpacks what the Bible says about the current crises that we're facing in the world today and what the Bible tells us about the future and uh, should we actually be afraid about the things we're seeing around us? You would love to, you would be well to take a, a copy of this book. So we'd like to give this to you as our gift to you. If you'd like a free copy, please text the code uh, SA104 to our number in the studio, 04888-80811. Our friendly bot will reply to your text message, get your details, and we'll get that book up to you as soon as we can. So uh, one more time, if you'd like a free copy of the book, the Four Winds of Revelation by Evangelist uh, Kenneth Cox. Please text the code SA104 to 04888-80811 and uh, we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. Please don't go away. We still have a bit more to go. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, BQ&A. I heard the story of Jesus Sounded like music in my ear Beautiful story of Jesus Dispelled my doubts and all my fears How marvelous is His love This world is longing to know Wonderful story of Jesus I'll take it wherever I go 
every man, woman, boy, and girl. Oh, it's not just a story. That was the song. It's not just a story. He's one of my favorite gospel uh, artists, Andre Crouch. And um, that's a classic of a song there. And uh, you're back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Pastor Will Moala and my co-host in the studio, Pastor Ricardo Sheffer. Hey, Pastor, I just want to, I'm just looking out online. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, uh, respondents to our book offer today. And I just want to shout out uh, Trish who may be listening out there today. And uh, she says, Thanks, Pastor. I love your program. You're my spiritual family. I loved watching Kenneth on 3ABN. His studies were inspiring. Blessings from Trish. Mm. Thank you, Trish. And uh, we thank you for listening to our program today. And yeah, I too was super blessed by Pastor Kenneth Cox ministry. And he passed to his rest uh, a couple of years ago. And so he is resting in Christ, awaiting the return of Jesus. So praise God to, uh, to Pastor, to people like Ken, Pastor Kenneth, who has been able to share the gospel. And, uh, so thanks, Trish, and thanks for tuning in. And, uh, we hope to get that book out to you as soon as possible. So we're on the tail end of our program today. We've just got a few more minutes to go. So Pastor Ricardo, take us through, uh, our last segment today, uh, talking about this idea. You've really shared with our listeners that, hey, what I'm hearing from your, from you is Nostradamus, vague, basically he was saying things that could apply to many different things, whereas the Bible is specific. It, it, it is reliable. And, and I think even more than that, Pastor, the, the prophecy is it's not an end of itself. It's actually pointing to the, Prophecy giver, if I could mm-hmm. even use that term, which yes. is which is the actual author of the Bible, which is God Himself. That's right. So, Pastor, in the few That's minutes right. we've got, walk us through. I know you've got a bit more to share. Mm-hmm. So, we've been talking about false prophets. Yes, you know, uh, one of them we believe is Nostradamus. Um, so, how do we test a true prophet? How do we know if a prophet is a true prophet? Yeah. And uh, listeners, I know that you may have heard that the Seventh Day Adventist Church believes that Ellen White. Um, was a prophet of God. And, and that's correct. And I believe that whenever someone rises up and, and says, I am a prophet of God, we should not immediately say, I believe you. Yeah. And at the same time, we should not say, I don't believe you. I think that we should test every claim yeah. with the Bible and see if that is a true prophet or not. So I'm going to share with you um, a few characteristics biblically of a true prophet. Number one, and I'm going to men- mention a few things about Ellen White as, as well, just in case you, you want to know more. Uh, number one, dreams and visions. Numbers 12, verse 6 says, Then he said, God said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. Yeah. I speak to him in a dream. So in Scripture, genuine prophets receive prophetic dreams and visions. That's the way God communicates with the prophets. Right. 
And um, during her 70-year ministry from 1844 till 1915, when she passed away, Ellen G. White received approximately 2,000 visions and prophetic dreams. Wow, <laughs> so that's a lot of she, visions. She fulfills that um, characteristic, characteristic for sure. Number two, agreement with the Bible. Isaiah 8.20 says, To the law and to the testimony, testimony of the Bible, of course. If they, the prophets, do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. What a prophet claims to have received from God must be in harmony with the rest of God's word, because God does not contradict himself. That's the principle there. And although Ellen G. White was not a trained theologian as such, her messages are all in harmony with Scripture. Yeah. And you need to, listeners, uh, if you're interested, you need to um, try that for yourselves and see that her writings are in harmony with, with Scripture. Number three, the witness to Jesus. First John 4, 1, 2 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits. See, that's why I was saying we should test the prophets, whether they are of God, of God or not. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Anyone familiar with um, the writings of Ellen White, such as the books The Desire of Ages or Steps to Christ, will have to admit that she not yeah. only accepted all that the Bible teaches about Jesus, but continually pointed people to him as their Lord and Savior. So that must yeah. be present in every prophet of God. Right. Number four, fulfilled prophecy. Jeremiah 28 verse 9 says, As for the prophet who prophesies of peace, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, the prophet will be known as one whom the Lord has truly sent. Um, the proof of a true prophet lies in part in the fulfillment of his or her predictions. And I say in part because we've also read in Deuteronomy 13 that even if the prophecy is fulfilled, if the message of the prophet is not according to the word of God, we should not follow that prophet. Right. So what I'm trying to say is these are not... The five characteristics that I'm going to share with you, and as long as one of them is fulfilled yeah, in a person, yep. that's a prophet of God. No, all of them need to be fulfilled in that person. If one is missing, then that is not a prophet of God. Correct. So, um, although Ellen White's work did not primarily consist of predicting the future, she did make a number of predictions that have been fulfilled in, in a very accurate way. We wouldn't have time to share that now, but you have to investigate that for yourselves. I encourage you listeners. And number five, the test of the fruits. Now, this one takes a bit of time to, yeah. to, uh, you know, to test. Matthew 7, 20. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. The test of the fruits takes time. Um, you need to see the results. What happened as a result of the ministry of that so-called prophet is it is it is is it bringing people to god or away from god right now ellen white lived and worked for 70 years under the critical eyes of millions of people largely skeptical doubtful uh, suspicious and in some cases openly hostile to her 
right. <laughs> any fault or inconsistency was and still is exposed with great satisfaction by her opponents. However, the fruit of her life and labor gives evidence of her sincerity, zeal, and Christian piety. The results of her work are amazing. So, while counterfeit prophets may pass one or two of these tests, biblical tests, a true prophet will pass them all. Right. And Ellen White certainly did. All of them. Praise God. We owe it to ourselves to test the spirits, to test the prophets, and see if they are gods or not. Yeah. And I think, I guess, being... um, being uh, reading her writings over a number of years now, mm-hmm. you know, coming back to what you said earlier, Pastor Ricardo, is, you know, the the thing about biblical prophets. Well, I'm talking about biblical prophets and end time prophets, as we would uh, we would put um, Ellen White in that category. Is mm-hmm. you always get the sense from their readings that they're always trying to point you back to God, mm-hmm. and that's a very clear case in in terms of the biblical prophets. I think of Elijah. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel, all the, the all these prophets were, I guess, they came on the scene of of their particular context when either the people of God had strayed from God, they had been disobeying God. So the prophet was almost like a voice, yes, uh, a voice that was speaking to that mm. particular current that situation. Yes, and uh, I had it explained to me like this, um, Pastor Ricardo is. Um, whenever you see God in Scripture do something dramatic. Or he he would raise a prophet, mm. whether it was Moses, whether it was Noah, whether it was Elijah, whether it was John the mm. Baptist. He and will. so the way I I heard explained was before the coming of Jesus, uh, when Jesus came the first time, God raised up a prophet, John the Baptist. And the, the what the this person said to me, the person who was giving me Bible study said, mm. "Don't you think that just before the the greatest event of Earth's history, the return of Jesus, right. that God would would raise up an end time prophet to call people back to God?" Mm. And the, when it was explained like that, it it really uh, Ellen White is is really just the vessel. She's mm-hmm. just the 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 mouthpiece that God uh, used, mm-hmm. and if you do any, and I'm really appealing to our listeners out there because you may have seen things online and mm. people people send you articles, uh, particularly, uh, um, you know, because I'm in Seventh Day Adventist Christians, and sometimes they they will say, "Well, you Adventists, you know, mm-hmm. you guys are, are believe in in this lady and her teachings supersede the Bible." No, it doesn't. Never. If no. you read our official statements in our uh, what we teach, we put the Bible first, don't we, Pastor Ricardo? And if you read her writings, she always, and I want to say this, she unequivocally points people back to the Mm -hmm. Bible. And so it has been a blessing to me, and uh, and I'm sure it has to you, Mm -hmm. Pastor Ricardo, and um, and to the many millions of people that have been able to read classic books like Steps to Jesus, Steps to Christ, Desire of Ages. You know, when I first came into the church, Pastor Ricardo, um, they would, um, well, when I was newly baptized, this is going back, you know, back to 2004, um, and they would talk about this book called Desire of Ages, and I didn't really know what they were going on about because every now and then they go, you know, in Desire of Ages, she says this, she says that. Yeah. And I kind of scratched my head, head in those early, you know, when I was kind of just new in the faith. Going, What's this Desire of Ages business? And lo and behold, it was one of these mm. books that Ellen White had written. And yes. it is 
it covers the life of Jesus and is a, a beautiful book. And always pointing to the Bible yeah. because um, during the last church uh, world meeting, church meeting that she attended, uh, her last words as she was holding up the Bible were, unto you I commit this book. book yeah. She didn't even mention her own writings. Yeah. This book. Yeah, amen to that. Mm. Well, Pastor Ricardo, um, thank you for um, for sharing with our listeners um, today on this idea of um, Nostradamus. Should we trust? I think we. I think we're going to answer the question. Should we trust Nostradamus? No, we should put our faith and trust in the amen. God of Scripture. Amen. Um, so. To our listeners out there, thank you. If you've, um, please continue to join our team for the remainder of this week. I just want to give a very quick plug to tomorrow's program. We have, uh, Brenton and we have Gary. They'll be looking at the, uh, the topic of how reliable is biblical prophecy. And, um, they're going to be unpacking that tomorrow. Our good friends, Gary and, and uh, Brenton. So please, please make sure you tune in tomorrow as we continue along with this, uh, theme. So that's, uh, that brings us to the end of our program today. We hope that you have been blessed and, uh, please, uh, join us, uh, in tomorrow's program as we continue. Well, God bless you. We'll see you next time and, uh, God bless you and, uh, we'll see you. Uh, in tomorrow's program.